0: Welcome to Your Right to Speak Discussions on Social Justice and Advocacy. This is episode 50 and I'm your host, Salvatore. Today marks the 50th episode of Your Right to Speak and I just want to acknowledge all the past and our current guests for taking their time out and being on the show. Um, It's been a a great, exciting experience for me and um, it continuously pushes me to learn and grow. from these episodes when I first started your right to speak I wanted to talk about issues um, that were not often talked about and this still remains true for me Um, so thank you again to the uh, the guests that have been on the show um, and to the listeners my hopes that the conversations don't stop at the podcast um, and they continue well after the episodes have you know been uploaded um, and I also just want to thank Wolfgang for giving me the opportunity um to be able to work with him and giving me a platform. I look forward to the future of CYC podcast and your right to speak. But now for today's episode, we'll be talking with Wendy uh curfew, Curnew. Curnew, sorry, Kernew <laughs> Harris, um, who has experience um being an addictions worker and also a residential counsellor. I've known Wendy for I think it's a little over a year now Mm -hmm. Um, and I think what I've come to know about Wendy is that she's very passionate about the youth that she works with or has worked with and is very passionate about the field in general. Today's episode is a result of a conversation that me and Wendy had kind of started together And um, we were talking about working with youth uh, who have addictions. So I'm very excited to continue and to bring this conversation on the show today. Wendy, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hello, I'm Wendy Kernew Harris. I'm a hyphener. (laughs) (laughs) My husband hates that. um, I have been in the field for, oh goodness, over 25 years. Um, Worked with a multitude of agencies and different clients, um, and decided that my, I really, there was some personal stuff for in terms of addictions, which Mm -hmm. really inspired me to do some work in addictions
0: because I think people don't really understand it Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Well, I am very excited to (laughs) have you on the show. Um,
1: and congratulations on your 50th episode.
0: Why, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, in your Right to Speak fashion, we're just going to dive right into the questions like we always do. Cool. Um, so, one of the preferred approaches or practices uh, in working with youth who have addiction issues um, or challenges um, is using a harm reduction approach. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to the listeners what the harm reduction approach is?
1: So, harm reduction rep- approach is essentially um, understanding that not everybody is able to just quit um and it's so if let's say somebody has a crack addiction Mm. let's make them the safest we can make them we're not going to take it off the table because a lot of times that brings up other stuff Mm -hmm. you know it's control stuff and Mm -hmm. um so it's just basically kind of saying okay i understand you're going to use let's get you to use the safest in the safest capacity possible clean needles, safe injection sites, all great ideas for a harm reduction approach. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) I think that's a great definition. (laughs) You know, I remember learning about harm reduction. One of the, I guess, the key pieces from what I remember is acknowledging that people are doing the best that they can Mm -hmm. um, and just helping them along their path. if, and when they're ready to change their behaviors.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is, my understanding of properly. I, yes, that, I would, I, stuff? That, that
1: is how I would understand. <laughs> it too.
0: Okay. Perfect. Um, so in, you know, our conversation that we were having, I guess, privately, right. <laughs> you had mentioned that sometimes, um, depending on the youth harm reduction is not always the best approach to use and sometimes it's using the abstinence approach or model um, that should be used so can you please explain to the listeners um i guess that line of thinking of what the abstinence approach is um and in what situations i guess it's appropriate to use that approach with you
1: I think it all depends on each, you really need to get to know your youth, mm-hmm. that's the key and I, as much, and I'm, I just don't want anybody to think that I'm not a harm reduction platform, I believe I'm at, in, in terms of addictions, you need to be open to any way that that's going to work and sometimes abstinence is the way, mm-hmm. um, I know AA, NA, all of those platforms mm-hmm. um, can be really really useful and valuable uh, and I think sometimes we get tied up in one approach rather than right. staying open to, you know, that maybe uh, it's almost like we get stuck sometimes. Harm mm-hmm. reduction is the way to go, the way to go, the way to go. And um, abstinence can be useful right. for some youth. And we forget about that often.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that sometimes is... the I mean, for me, the long-running issue in social services is, like, a new approach comes up or best practice comes up. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, that's the way we're going to go. Exactly. And every agency is going to take on that model, Mm -hmm. which is fine. But, you know, for me, it's always been about doing that individualized approach and really catering to the youth's needs and meeting them where they're at. Right? We're on the same Mm, wavelength here. (laughs) We sure are.
1: And, I mean, you can't really do any of that without... A relationship right so right. that's I think it's great that um, people have places to go to get their clean stuff and whatever um, but I think the relationship piece needs to be built there too because when you have a relationship with somebody that struggled with addictions uh, I think they're more open to letting you know at, at the end of the day the use of drugs or alcohol is for a reason it's serving a purpose When you can figure out that purpose that it's serving, you have a gateway to figure out how to help them stop or reduce what they're doing. And uh, like I said, a harm reduction is great to go and hand out kits and whatever, but I think people need to come and meet people and chat with them and Mm -hmm. figure out their story. Your story is so integral into the... Into, your, into the why you started using it.
0: Mm-hmm. It sounds like what you're saying, you, you, no matter what approach you use, the, mm. the base should always be, or the, I guess the foundation should always mm. be is in that relationship building. And that's where we can be truly successful with youth. Absolutely. So, you know, I some of the listeners, and I remember even listening in, or being a student, you know, thinking, you know, it's really hard to build relationships with youth who have addictions mm-hmm. right so because well, they're running they're th- running yes. really hard <laughs> <laughs> so what advice or you know what approach do you think that you found is i guess the best way to kind of start building that trust in that relationship with the youth um uh,
1: being as honest as you can i think um you know being very mindful in terms of if you have a personal story mm-hmm. as long as you're using that to um, make connection to say you know I think that a lot of the times you work with youth and they're just like you're full of crap you don't have any idea of anything of what I'm going through yeah. or dealt with or doing um, when you give them hey no, no, all you know I, you don't have to give them the nitty-gritty but the connection piece is so important because then they realize, hey, you know, you're not just a worker, Yeah. right? Yeah. Because just being a worker is, causes disconnect, especially for kids with addictions, because they already have so many trust issues. They have already probably been hurt in some mm-hmm. way. Clearly, nobody just picks up uh, something one day and says, you know what, this is the day I'm going mm. <laughs> to become an addict. Yeah. <laughs> that was my destiny, you know. They usually come from addicted homes or abuse and Mm -hmm. really causing connect, having a connection with them. There's nothing, there's no greater value. And I'm sure a lot of people disagree with that, but I, for my work and one of the good things that I'm able to do very successfully over my career is connect with Mm -hmm. people and youth. Um, And like I said, I'm not, I don't use my story for me ever. If I don't think it's beneficial to youth that stays in the vault. But if I think it's going to be beneficial, then let's talk about it so you know that I'm not just uh, another worker
0: yeah yeah i mean well, I, we're humans too it's part of that human connection i think is sometimes missing and building that relationship right, right. you know it, it's like if you have a very rigid teacher mm-hmm. you know in school you're not going to have that connection with that teacher you're not gonna you me probably not be that successful in that class absolutely right because that relationship's not there mm-hmm. you said something interesting though oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that you know some people may disagree about the relationship building piece mm-hmm. right what I find that interesting why do you think that is
1: um, through my work in different agencies mm-hmm. with different you know some agencies are arm's length you share nothing personal. Um, I think for me again, this is just my opinion. It's old-school thinking old way thinking I think that we haven't moved far enough forward in that kind of thinking in our new systems mm-hmm, still mm-hmm. Uh, I think that if you get if you're able and fortunate enough to work for an agency that relationship is a big piece um, It could definitely be a shocker if you leave that agency <laughs> 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 Um yeah, I just think that, uh, it's so, it's not, it doesn't make sense for them not to see us as people.
0: I mean, it's, you know, I always find it interesting when we talk about relationships and boundaries, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly in the child and youth care field, because Mm -hmm. we say we're a relational, Mm -hmm. you know, practice and field and, you know, it's all based on relationship. However, you know right from the start we're taught you know you can't hug a youth mm-hmm. right and you know i understand some of the thinking behind that of course um but i think if you're can do it in a way that um i guess allows the worker to be safe mm-hmm. and the young person i think you know th- there's so much that can be done there you know for me i've always thought that the work that we do is in the gray zone it's absolutely. never been in the black and white
1: absolutely and there's a lot of black and white thinkers out there
0: yes yeah
1: um I mean I've worked with youth that have walked through the door that have never had a hug in their life right right what do you do with that do you just continue to be the people that say I'm going to meet your basic needs and after that I'm sorry because somebody told me that Yes, yeah. was not a good idea for you. Mm-hmm. Who made up that idea? I'm, I'm very, being very opinionated. Right, sure, you're, you're gonna, gonna get some that, flack on it, this it's one. It's
0: fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I I think it's it's true, mm-hmm. right? And you know, if we even look at like or what we're learning about, you know, the brain development, mm-hmm. you know, the milestones of like child development and youth development, you know, they need that nurturance. And you can to retrain
1: them. those things. You can retrain yes. that brain to understand that hey this is not a bad thing this is not a weird thing yeah you know
0: yeah I've always you know questioned I remember my early you know time being a student you know um we were taught you know about boundaries Mm -hmm. and you know all that and you know I often questioned and said okay so youth is crying in front of me right right I'm not gonna hug them Mm -hmm. right and you and I often think like if I have kids right we would hug our own kids, you know, if they're crying, we, we would give them that, you know,
1: and some people will tell you.
0: Yeah. Well, they're not your kids. Right, right. Right. But so, at, the, at the same time, you know, but now I'm going to get opinionated. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the same time, I've always thought, you know, yes, they're not our kids, but they also are our kids, you know. Uh, A lot of the youth, I think particularly even in, you know, the residential setting, we're doing a lot of pre, um, pre-parenting. Did I say that right? Or Mm re-parenting in a sense, you know, to help with that brain development piece. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, for me, they're not our kids, but they are also our kids. I was going to
1: just, I was just actually we're on the same wavelength. (laughs) You're right. They're not our kids, but if they're not ours, whose are they? Because yeah. some of them have, are so broken. Some of them are so, they, they've they never had an opportunity to experience what a parent should be. And that's not even, you know, at the end of the day, parents can only give us what they can give mm-hmm. us. And I think breaking that down to our youth too, that, hey, you know what? Mom and dad are just real people. I'm not saying for the extreme cases, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's some, I've worked with some pretty extreme cases too, where I'm like, ooh, okay. But just understanding that. There's a place where that came from too. And now you are at this place where you're in this wonderful atmosphere.
0: Right. That
1: shouldn't really have to exist. Because at the end of the day, I don't like my job in terms of that. We shouldn't have to be here. Right. But we are here because of A, B, C, and D. So, um, and I went on a rant and now I don't remember where my brain was going.
0: <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um,
1: but if, if not us, then who? Yeah. Right. Um, if not us, then maybe it's a, a pimp or maybe it's, uh, a dealer dealer, or they're going to find they're, they're finding their fix somewhere. Mm -hmm. So why not in a very healthy way? I'm not saying not to have boundaries by any means. Mm -hmm. I have many boundaries. My, and my, all the kids I've worked with are very well aware of them. Um, I've never exceeded any kind of, issue or right. anything like that. Um, I just think it's a different way to think.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. I, I mean, And I think a
1: lot of people think yeah. our way in all yes, honesty. Yeah,
0: I do. I think a lot of people are sometimes scared yes. to say the way that we, you know, think. Yes. Because, and I think we also get lost as a field of, you know, tr- you know, working to become accredited and, mm-hmm. you know, really trying to differentiate ourselves from social workers. Mm-hmm. but. I think it's kind of pushing us off, you know, the roots of CYC in a sense of where, you know, relationship was such a key piece Mm -hmm. to our field, right?
1: So what does relationship look like? How do we say relationship is this in my home, but now even though this is your home, essentially, this needs to look different because I'm a worker. Mm -hmm. And then that's called, that now creates divide. Right. Right?
0: You know, I remember uh, a couple of months ago, I heard from one of my co-workers that the youth at the group whom I work at, you know, they were having dinner when the youth said, we're like a family, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, if the youth are perceiving that, you know, we have to work in the gray, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing that they view it like that.
1: No. Right? These kids have never experienced that. Exactly. sense Ever. Yeah. And to me, that's just... It makes sense. If that's what we are, then why are we not doing that to the fullest capacity mm-hmm. that we can? Yeah. Right. Oops.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I agree. Um, we kind of got sidetracked, but we kind of didn't, which is okay by All me. This relates to
1: addictions. Yeah. At the end of the day, like I said, those kids that struggle with addictions that turn into adults that struggle with addictions—if we don't meet them somewhere. You're gonna have an adult system that is filled with these kids that we we didn't give them the relationship to think other ways. Yeah. Think of other ways. Some of them have been modeled their whole life that addictions is the way that life is. We're modeling them. We're modeling something different
0: for them. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: So I, it all it all re- is all relatable.
0: relatable. <laughs> <laughs> we brought it back. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have you found to be? some of the best approaches or methods when working with youth who have addictions
1: <sighs> every okay. kid is so different. Yeah, so and remembering I'm, that remember yeah. there's no there's no one band-aid for there's no one fits all you have to figure it out they are some of the most the most brilliant kids because they will know how to get out of a consequence or whatever because at the end of the day they're usually their next fix is all they they're fixating on. Trying to find something that is in the middle of them and their their next fix, mm-hmm. and that's we're gonna come back to relationship. Yeah. <laughs> relationship is so important. Understanding that, um, I get you. Yeah. You know, and them really feeling that you get that I get you. Not feeling like somebody's reading out of a book. Okay, so you felt this way today. Let's flip to three pages next, and we'll see what the next feeling that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Genuine. Authenticity is so important. Um, kids know if you're full of shit. They do. <laughs> they do. I mean, I've, I and haven't been in kids, particularly yeah. with addictions. Yeah. Know because I'm. T- those are they're street. They're in the streets. Yes. Right. So if you don't understand that mentality and the way th- those things work you're not going to be able to build what you need to build with them.
0: Yeah. And I think particularly, you know, working with kids who, you know, are from the streets. I don't know if that's the proper way of saying it anymore, but, um, the, the big piece is authenticity Mm -hmm. because that's what that world is, is everyone's, you know, up front. Everyone's real with, well, you would hope everyone's real with each other, but I mean, so they know that they can read you right away. Mm -hmm. Um, without even saying a word you know you may not even have to say a word to them and they'll know the type of person you are yeah yeah yeah
1: (laughs) i think we don't i think giving them the credit that they deserve i think all too often they don't get the credit that Mm. they deserve at how smart they've survived some things that none of us could survive you put me on the street for an I'd be like, What the hell? Oh,
0: same. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Would not be able to do that.
1: <laughs> and just, you know, really giving them that credit and, you know, it takes it takes something to be able to live that life at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. Acknowledging I, that, because it's amazing to me that they can Survive some of the things that they survived. Yeah,
0: I mean, I agree hundred percent. I and think, and then that builds them up, right? And I think you know, one of the the pieces I like about harm reduction is a mm-hmm. piece that is you know they're doing the best that they can with Absolutely. the tools that they have, and Absolutely. I think. That is something that should be, no matter what approach you use, that should be something that you're, you know, coming from when working from the youth, because, you know, they do have, you know, there are a lot of strengths and skills that they have built, right? They may not be the typical ones that, you know, society sees as like strengths, but they're definitely strengths. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been in the field a lot longer than I have. (laughs) Uh (laughs) I've And you know, I think in you know being reflective. Okay. <laughs> what, what advice? Or you, you me before I ask that question. I think what I want to ask you is, what is the most important lesson you've learned thus far?
1: To really appreciate and understand that every youth that walks through your door has something to teach you. Mm. Never think you're above. And just because you're in a place of a position over them, mm-hmm. never think that that is where your your learning is done. Mm-hmm. They have, every every kid I've ever worked with has something that has taught me
0: something about me mm-hmm. or about what I do. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that because it's, it's so true. I think a lot of workers in the field come in with that you know i'm the expert mm-hmm. or i'm your worker mm-hmm. uh, and for me back to relationships mm-hmm. it kind of you know ruins it from that point i think always acknowledging that there's always lessons to be learned oh, and so much it's kind of for me like that circular emotion right it's always going to come back to a lesson mm-hmm. and there's always growth where i think what's great in our field <coughs> because i love to learn is you, I will never be an expert at something, Never, ever.
1: Never, ever, ever.
0: And there's always going to be a youth that's going to throw me a curveball yeah. or a youth that has a lot of layers, and you're just like, okay, well, I need to take a step back and see what I'm learning from this, mm-hmm. right? It,
1: it, the, some of the biggest challenging kids that I've worked with um, are my greatest teachers,
0: mm-hmm. and it's
1: always um, a moment for me I, because my, I know my... I hate saying stuff about myself like that, but I know my biggest skill is connection with the kids. Mm -hmm. I know that. When I don't connect with a kid, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And then it triggers that thought of, okay, what am I missing? What what do I need to do? Do, Am I going to connect with every kid? No. I've had to learn that over the years, too, because that can be very... You know, you don't, you don't think you're doing your job no. at the end of the yeah. day. But it's not, I've, I've learned that, that not every kid is just going to be into you all the time. That's, and that's okay. Right. And but you need to move them on to try to find who they're going to connect
0: right. with. Right. And I think also recognizing that a lot of the youth we work with, it's going to take time to build relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, it may take years sometimes, mm-hmm. right? They may transition out of your program and... You know, if it's possible, you're still building that relationship with them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think more times than not, what I've noticed is we don't notice the small changes, Mm -hmm. right? And we may think that we don't have a good relationship with the youth, but we do. Mm -hmm. We just don't recognize it, I guess, on the typical level of what, you know, that may look like.
1: And being where I am, I've had the privilege and honor to see so many of them come back. And I'm thinking of one kid in particular, you know. I remember her being here and she was was just uh, such a little, she was a prankster.
0: Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm.
1: uh, her and I were a lot of the time like oil and water. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember her like pretending to spit a grape at the back of my head one time. (laughs) Which to me, if you spit at me, that's that's a big, (laughs) right? And, uh, it wasn't until she came back years and years later, um, and she was like, oh my God, I miss you so much. And do you remember this, 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 and this? I had no idea that that was happening for her, that that relationship piece was building. Yeah. Cause as far as I was concerned, like this kid was like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she, you know, I still follow up with her to this day and oh, I get to be great. part of her life and i you know, in a professional way. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So you don't know. You don't know. It's so
0: true. It's some so true. Some of the kids that
1: you think are just like so hell bent on just making your life a living hell, because <laughs> some of them can um, are they, they It's really an indication that they feel safe to be like that with you. Yeah. 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 And I didn't get that for a long time. I didn't really grasp that. Probably till her. But I was like, huh. Okay. This worked out way different than I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) So we're near the end of the show. Didn't that go by fast? It really did. Right? (laughs) Look at that. (laughs) Uh, Well, I would love to have you on the show again. If you ever have a topic or ever want to continue this conversation, this was great. Thank
1: you. It was awesome. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm going to ask you the trademark question.
1: Do (laughs) ask.
0: What does advocacy mean to you?
1: advocacy what does it mean to me well it means me being a voice for those that don't have a voice but also giving them the voice if kids Mm -hmm. don't leave the system being able to speak up for themselves we haven't done our job right Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day I should just be teaching you how to advocate for yourself
0: I love it. You speak great things, Wendy. (laughs) Your experience is shining through. (laughs) Um, I do want to thank you again for taking the time out to speak with me. Um, Before we end, do you have any last words you want to say?
1: For anybody thinking about getting into this field, don't be afraid of it. To keep an open mind, to have an open heart. Um, to know it's okay to care about the youth that you're working with. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the day, if you're not here to be their voice, then this is not the job for you. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. Be
1: willing to step on toes. Um, you know, I am very fortunate to work with a bunch of people that I love, but at the end of the day, if the, anybody, any one of those was doing something that I didn't think was okay,
0: it's my job to be yeah. that kid's voice. Yeah. I think that's a great way to end the episode. (laughs) Thank you again. Um, Your right to speak will be posted on the second Wednesday of every month. Um, If you think you have an idea of what topic we should be talking about or you're a child and youth that would like to be on the show, uh, you can email me. At your right to speak at gmail.com, that's Y-O-U-R-R-I-G-H-T-T-O-S-P-E-A-K at G M A I L dot O N. Let's raise awareness together.